0: Let me pray, and then we'll start. Um, There's a bunch of stuff to go through, but it should be good. All right, Father God, we thank you so much for church. We thank you so much for uh, your word. We thank you for brothers and sisters, a good church family. We thank you for your love. Uh, We thank you for Christ, most of all, that you redeemed us. You made us new. And God, that we can live under your kingdom, um, under your gracious and sovereign and good rule. Uh, under your blessing, Father, and so uh, help us to um, uh, learn today and just go through just the big picture of the um, uh, big story of creation, Father, and how you love us and how you redeem us and how glorious you are. And so uh, may our minds be expanded, and uh, God may we love you more for it. We love you, Great and you. Amen. Okay. So this, um, um, so I think when when I was I was. Uh, I was thinking about doing this. I was like, okay, cool. Maybe we'll just have like just a big overview, a snapshot um, of kind of the Bible, right? And in the past, um, in the past, we've done uh, survey of the Bible, but in chunks. So we, um, yeah, about a year and a half ago, we went through a ten week series on um, just cutting up the Bible, like from Genesis all the way to Revelations. And so today, today, we're <laughs> we're gonna do it in in one shot, right? And so as I was putting this together, I was like, oh man a lot of stuff, right? And so so what it's going to be, really, it's going to be, there's not going to be super fine details, the nitty-gritty, but it's going to have the big theme of kingdom, a big theme of covenant, and um, the whole idea of doing this is because uh, the more you understand kind of the story of the Bible, the more you will see and be able to appreciate the Bible um, that it's one story. going on, we're um, in this section that points to this, and this, and this, right? And so this makes the the, the Bible a lot less daunting to read and to study. Um, Kevin's not here. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, the other week, he's like, oh, uh, he's like, I want to read the Bible for... Uh, Kevin, so he wanted to read the Bible for 2016. He's like, oh, where should I start? Like, oh, you should read this book first, right? It'll kind of give you uh, general themes and ideas and kind of this big overview of the Bible, and it'll really help you get your bearings, right? So when so people say, oh, I read the Bible... From uh, beginning to end, I'm like, okay, who should get from it, right? And a lot of people, just it's just too much. It's too much information, and they can't follow themes, right? So if you follow um, main themes, uh, then they'll be a lot easier to understand, right? So so um, I'm going to go through um, the theme of kingdom of God, right? And so kingdom of, uh, kingdom and covenant are like huge themes, right? The covenant of that God, that God will be, um, uh, we will be God's people, and he will be our God. That's throughout Kingdom, like it's all throughout, um, all throughout the Bible as well right so just really quickly let's, let's go through um, go through kind of general Bible stuff and we've talked about this in past Sunday schools as well but um, let me just take a couple minutes to, to uh, go through this so the Bible has 66 books, it's written by um, about 40 authors over uh, over nearly, uh, nearly 2,000 years this the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. There's 39 books in our English translation and about 24 or 25 in the, the Hebrew translation uh, that we translated from. Uh, and so the reason for that is, is that our, our Bible is grouped in subject matter, right? And so, so there's um, there's history, there's poetry, and then prophecy, right? And so it's a little bit more organized well, organized in the, in the way that we, we understand it now. The New Testament is written in Greek. Uh, there's 27 books written around 1st century AD and it's also re- arranged by subject categories right there's the gospels there's acts and those are historical narratives um, things that are happening in the early church and then there's epistles right Romans to Jude that's pretty much a big chunk of our New Testament and a lot of them were written by the apostle Paul and these are just letters to the church churches there's personal letters and then it ends with revelation right John's vision from God about this uh, about end times right and things that are to be there's one author there's a lot of authors right a lot of human authors but there's one author uh, these human authors were divinely inspired and um, inspired by God right so God ultimately writes the scripture right and so we can believe it we can trust it um, and we can uh, know that we can yeah uh, everything that is written is from God and so we it's it's, uh, it's infallible right and we can trust it um, there's one subject matter. Um, there's various genres, subjects and stories, but there's only ultimately one subject that holds everything together, right? And uh, um, that is Christ, right? That's why we preach the gospel every week. Uh, in everything we do, we preach Christ because everything points to Christ. Without Christ, there would be no us, right? There would be no Christianity, right? There would be nothing to worship, right? We would be lost and we'd be falling. And so, Jesus Christ and the salvation God gives gives us through Him, right? That's the right, So, if, yeah. That's what it is, the gospel. The gospel is that God saves us, right through Christ Jesus. And so, this is why Christ is so important. Understanding who Christ is—that He is God, He is divine—that um, is core to what we believe. Um, John five thirty nine says, "You search." This is Jesus talking to, um, talking to uh, the Pharisees. He says, "You search the Scriptures, right?" Because uh, they were. Um, students of scripture you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life so they're looking for eternal life in the Old Testament and it is they right it is the scriptures that bear witness about me right so so Christ is saying everything is pointing to me right I give life I am the one that uh, that the scriptures speak about um Luke 24, same, essentially the same thing. And so the entire Bible from beginning to end, it points to Jesus, right? The Old Testament points forward to Christ. Uh, the New Testament proclaims that Christ is the fulfillment of all the OT promises, right? So, you'll see this little figure here. Sorry, it's kind of cut off. Uh, the Old Testament, there's a ton of promises. Right? Oh, there's going to be a king, a messiah that's coming, right? And then, um, and then uh, our Bible ends in Malachi, There's a period, uh, a few hundred year period, where there's nothing, right? They're still waiting for this Messiah. then the New Testament comes. Christ is here. Christ is everything, right? Christ fulfills everything that the Old Testament uh, promises, right? So these two books, the Old Testament and the New Testament, they're read as one. Uh, If you read just the Old Testament, without the New Testament, it's an unfinished story. Um, There's no Messiah. They're still waiting, right? Uh, So the New Testament um, is kind kind of that. Sorry. It's kind of um, the fulfillment of the Old Testament, and likewise, the New Testament it wouldn't make much, uh, wouldn't make as much sense without the Old Testament because we wouldn't understand a lot of these, uh, the symbolism and uh, the temp- temple tabernacle, right? We wouldn't have as, we wouldn't feel as weighty uh, because we don't have the Old Testament stories, right? So that's really briefly kind of uh, um, intro to the Bible. So now let's talk about the Kingdom of God. Of God. Um, uh, the kingdom of God is this binding theme of the whole Bible, right? So uh, other people take will take this covenantal approach. Uh, everything's in covenants, 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 right? And, and in here as well, in the notes, I also talk about the covenants. Um, but these two things are, they go hand in hand, right? Kingdom promises are covenant promises, right? Covenant promises are kingdom promises. Um, and so we'll take a look at that. Okay, so what I did is, like, uh, if you see the pattern of the kingdom, there's a um, how many are there? There's, there are seven, eight, eight, uh, eight sections of kingdom. Understanding kingdom, right? Um, and so basically, it says we're going to go through the entire Bible um, under with the theme of kingdom. Okay. So to define kingdom, what is kingdom, right? Michael uh, Boyd defines kingdom as God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. And you see that in this box here. So this is very important to understand. Um, this pretty much is, this is what we live in right now. right? We're kind of under this kingdom of God. We're in the present kingdom. We're God's people. We're in God's place, the church. And we're in God's rule and blessing. Right? We're enjoying fellowship. We're enjoying um, uh, His love and grace uh, towards us through Christ. right? Um, and so throughout, this, throughout the Bible, it kind of shifts. God's people kind of shifts, but it's always pointing forward. Like God's place kind of shifts, right? but it's pointing forward. God's will and blessing kind of shifts, but it's pointing forward. Okay. So we're going to follow that theme and trace it throughout Scripture. So if you look at uh, the pattern of the kingdom, so first, like God created everything. right? Okay, So this, this is what we know already. right? God created everything. He created heavens and earth. He created man in his own image, male and female. So this is Adam and Eve. And he said, it's very good right? Colossians 1, uh, 16 says, all things were created through him, right? This is talking about Christ. Christ is also God. All things were created through him and for him and in him, all things hold together, right? And so creation, you have to understand is, it's good. Everything is good. Um, it's just that we're fallen and so things are corrupted, right? It's kind of messed up. But in, originally his design was perfection, right? So, so he created all these things, the kingdom of God to be perfect. Um, the next section says God's people and God's place under God's rule and blessing. So Genesis uh, 120, uh, 128 says God blessed them, right? So he created man, he blessed them. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, right? He placed them in, so, so we know that God's people is, is Adam, right? <clears throat> God's place is Eden, if you look at and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and blessing and his rule is that God is still sovereign, right? He's still commanding them. He says, you can eat everything. You can enjoy this beautiful garden. You can enjoy perfect fellowship with me. Just don't. Don't eat from fruit, right? He has a command. Don't eat from this fruit, right? So God's rule and blessing is uh, is uh, the foundation for the kingdom, God's people, God's place, God's people's message, right? and then we, we see uh, the next section, right, the parish kingdom, you guys have any questions so far, <laughs> pretty good, sorry, so I'm just like blowing by everything, because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to run out of time, um, the next section is the parish kingdom, All right, so we know, so we know this is creation, The kingdom is essentially the kingdom that is lost. Right? It's lost because of sin. Right? We see uh, Genesis 3. She took of its fruit, this is Eve, and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And it says that, well, they knew that they were naked. Right? Remember, God says, How how who told you were naked? Okay. They ate of, they ate, and they, they immediately knew, immediately knew that they, they sinned again they were fallen creatures, right? So they knew they were naked. This is why they covered themselves, right? Uh, and so, so they knew they knew they were naked. Uh, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Why would they do that? They're ashamed, right? There's a ton of shame. This is why we, uh, uh, we feel shame as well. We feel the effects of the fall, that we feel shame in our relationships. We feel shame uh, towards God. Um, it's not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to have this perfect Friendship and, and, and brotherhood and sisterhood, right? Um, but it's not like that, right? It's, it's, it's like all this kind of weird and awkward and I hate them, right? There's there's all this um, animosity towards each other because of the fall. It's not supposed to be that. Right? We're all supposed to be close uh, friends and brothers and sisters, right? Um, so, so, uh, so uh, okay. So Genesis three, uh, the next passage, it says. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden. Right, so he kicked him out. Um, he drove out the man. Right, so he claimed to put this flaming cherubim to protect. He's like, okay, kick them out east of Eden, um, and not to come back. You guys can't come back anymore. Right, God is so holy, and you guys are so unholy. It cannot be. Right, so this is why God kicked them out. And right? so the parish kingdom is that now there's no one. There's no one in the garden. God's place is. bruise his heel, right? He's talking about that you don't know it yet. here yet, yeah. yeah, right? It doesn't say, oh, Jesus, but we know because we have small scripture that this is Christ, right? That he shall bruise your head, right? He's gonna, um, Christ is gonna, know, in, in the NIV, it says that he's gonna crush your head, right? And, uh, the snake's gonna bruise your heel, right? So, so, Christ crushes, crushes um, the serpent. So, I was looking for this guy. I was looking for this serpent crusher. Um, uh, this, this This person that's going to defeat the snake, defeat sin. Okay, so that's like, that's the the first hint of the gospel. That this is the gospel in this this prototype form, right? So, um, when we look at, uh, when we look at the kingdom of God, we look at the Bible, there's a progression, right? There's a progression of gospel, uh, what's the word? progressively understand the gospel more and more and more. Right? So we see it for first that uh, he shall bruise your head and he shall bruise his heel. That's a hint of the gospel. The, the more we move into the story of the Bible, the more we realize, oh, this Christ. This is Christ. Uh, Christ is the conquering king. Okay. Um, a, a professor in seminary, he says that there's, this, there's this a diachronic, uh, diachronic progression of the gospel. So yeah, this is how, how why is, at first it might be confusing, um, but the more you read scripture, the more you go, in, and, and you go into the New Testament, you're like, okay, wow, I see Christ in all of scripture, right, because um, you're able to read with the lens of this fuller story, right, and so, okay, um, okay so now we're in the promises. The Promised Kingdom, and this is this uh, um uh, this is pretty important, right? The Abrahamic Covenant. Uh, let me read, read it uh, to us. Now the Lord said to Abram before he said to Abraham, "Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. Right? I will bless those who bless you." Who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right? It sounds amazing, right? From, from the parish kingdom to now calling of Abraham, he's saying, Oh, the world's gonna be blessed again through you guys. Right? So, so now we have uh, Abraham, right? The promises to Abraham. uh God's place is Canaan, right? He's talking about land. And we see that the land is Canaan. God's rule of blessing is blessing to God's rule is uh, bless. multitude of nations. Um, it says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring. It's going to be an everlasting covenant I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, okay, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Okay. So, it's promising to Abraham and his descendants' land blessing, that you guys are going to be great, you guys are going to bless the world. Right? This, it was supposed to be the same for here, right? Be fruitful, be multiplied, have dominion million over the year, um, and they failed. Okay? They failed. And so now he's calling Abraham he's saying, I'm going to make a great nation of you, bless the world, right? And, and we see that there's no, uh, if you read uh, the, this covenant, this, there's no, there are no conditions, right? He just says, it's going to happen. I'm going to make you guys a great nation. This is an unconditional. Uh, I don't know what to put this. Unconditional or unilateral unconditional promise. Okay, so there's no conditions. You didn't say like, "Oh, if you obey, then this." Right. Like, first and foremost, you have this. It's unconditional And you guys will. So now we move into the partial kingdom, and the partial kingdom is is a, a bigger section of of um, of scripture, right? So we have Genesis uh, one here, we have Genesis one and two, Genesis one and two, Genesis three, and then we have Genesis twelve, um, and then uh, we move into the partial kingdom, where uh, we're preaching through that right now, right? Uh, we're going through First Samuel. Uh, um, we did. Uh, Small group lesson on Judges before, and all of that is is here, right? It's a it's the meat. It's a, a lot of the meat of the historical narrative of of scripture, and it's this cycle. Right? Um, Andrew preached last week about the, the cycle of Judges, well, And that but he mentioned it. There's a cycle of Judges. The people, kings are, are raised up. Judges are raised up. Leaders are raised up, and they sin and fall again and again and again and again. And this crazy cycle of sin, corruption, hope. And then, again, the judgment and falling up and down, up and down, right? So this is what the partial kingdom is. Uh, God's people, we have Exodus 2. Um, this is, was, was when they were in slavery and captivity in Egypt. Uh, he says, God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew, right? He knew their sufferings. It's like, you are my people. You guys are suffering and he wants to rescue them right and we see that he does that so we have the partial kingdom so I turned turned it up super high it was really cold but now it's really hot so partial kingdom is the Israelites he called he called Abraham he called the Jews uh, not because there's anything special in them he just called them uh, just because he's gracious because he's loving right so these guys didn't merit God's favor, they were just called. And that's important to understand in how He calls us to. Right? It's not through merit, it's just through God's gracious, through His mercy, uh, through His love. Uh, God's place is uh, here. Yeah. Um, first let me read this. God's will and blessing, right? Uh, so in Exodus 19, there's be, There's what is called the Mosaic Covenant. Um, it says, If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasure, treasure of possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Right. So now, it's, oh, now, now it's a little bit weird, because now there's this Mosaic Covenant where there's this if then language. It says, If you will indeed obey my voice, then. You shall be my treasure possession. What happened to this one, though? Okay. What happened to this unconditional covenant? Um, but now there's this. Uh, let's say conditional. I don't know if that's right to use, but um, we'll use that for now. So now there's the Israelites. There's a super Sorry. now there's a lot of this if then language uh, this is why there's this um, this is where we get the Decalogue right the, um, um, the Ten Commandments the Ten Words uh, we had a Sunday school lesson on that as well um, in the past and um, if this then that right or and then he gives he says oh you, you have to um, uh, it's what we know as, as you know like um, um, you shall have all the gods before me and you shall not uh, create any graven images now he gives us uh, the law, right? But before that, he rescued, um, rescued the Israelites from Egypt, from slavery, from captivity. He says, "You will, I'm your God; you're my people." And then he gives the law. Okay? So, so we need to understand that uh, he rescues us first, and then he gives the law. Um, and the reason for that is because um, we know that uh, when we think of kingdom, we think of um, rule, uh, uh, ruling over us. A lot of times, we're, we're because throughout history, all throughout history, there have been so many bad kings, there have been so many bad leaders and rulers, um, dictators, um, people that are just power hungry. And so we're like, oh, we don't want to be under any rule. Right? But to understand God's rule over us is a blessing. Right? It's all good because He is He's a, 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 a sovereign, good, um, loving King. Loving, I don't know if dictator is the right word, but he's a good and not against us. He doesn't use us. Right? So to be under the rule of God is blessing. That's good. And so the law is given to us in a sense, right, in one, from, in one sense uh, as a blessing to us. Okay? But we also see that the law is given to us as a curse because um, we, we, know, we realize that we cannot keep the law because we're sinful. Okay. Um, so we have here the Israelites um, Still in Kanan. So there's so, there's so much history behind all this stuff, but I have to skip through a lot of stuff uh, and just give you a, a big uh, bigger picture. Uh, so so I hate to skip a lot of the meaty stuff, but, uh, but we're gonna <laughs> do that. Okay. So there's Canaan. So a king okay. um, So if you look at look at if you look at God's um, place again, this is on page four Josh, uh, Joshua 21. thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land. okay so remember um, there are sojourners here wandering for 40 years eventually they see this land of Canaan this land flowing of milk and honey right they're like oh I want to we want to go to this place Um, and then there's this um, but there's people living in and and then there's this conquest where um, um, where the Israelites are supposed to wipe out everybody from the land so that they can go into it right so now they're in the land they enter the land it says and the Lord gave them rest on every side just as he has sworn to their fathers not one of not one of all their enemies had withstood them. And the Lord, for the Lord had, had for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands, right? And so now they're in this place. They're in this, this land of uh, Canaan flowing with milk and honey. It's the promised land. And uh, they're doing well, right? Uh, they're doing well for a little bit. They're doing great, well. are enjoying God's blessing. Um, they're enjoying God's law, they're obeying him, so there's blessing. That they enter the land. And then they ask for a king. Cycle of judges comes and then they ask for a king. They're like, "We need somebody to rule us," um, and this is what we're preaching through right now. First Samuel, um, uh, verse five says, "Now appoint for us a king to judge us, like all the nations." And I bolded "like all nations" because uh, implicit in that statement is saying we want to be just like the other nations, right? We don't want to just have a king um, that's being ruled, um, ruled, that's ruling under God. We want a king to rule over us like all nations. Uh, essentially without God, right so they're rejecting um, God's rule. And so uh, uh, we see that Saul is raised up and, um, and because he uh, he was uh, not a great king. Uh, he sinned and he was haughty and he was prideful um, and he was just using Samuel um, to uh, for his own good. Um, he was rejected right he has also because you have rejected the word of the Lord also rejected you from being king. So Saul falls. He's a fallen king. And so now um, we see more kings are raised up and we see David and and Solomon being raised up, right? And so um, in that time, um, King David was a good king, but he was also sinful. Solomon was a good king, but he was also sinful. Um, That was the pinnacle of uh, the golden age of Israel Uh, within that time uh, when everything was perfect. they, They were in the land, they were blessing the nations. Everyone looked up to Solomon, and everything was good, right? So, so there's there's progress from the fall to through here. There's progress. Things are looking upward. But we see that, um, we see eventually that that doesn't last either. Um, the Davidic covenant says this. Let me just read. Um, let me read this view. I will raise up your offspring after you. He's talking to David. Shall come from uh, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom? you shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men with the stripes of the sons of men, but my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. your throne shall be established forever so we see in, if you look at verse fourteen it says The middle of verse fourteen: When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, the stripes of the sons of men. Right. So that, to some degree, um, this covenant is talking about Solomon, but ultimately it's talking about Christ in the sense that Christ is going to be the one that fulfills this everlasting kingdom. Um, But it also points forward to the iniquities of Saul. Right. And so that's how they kind of uh, weave that into uh, this passage. Okay, so he's pointing toward to Christ uh, a king a Davidic king that's going to reign forever okay you guys have any questions on that the partial kingdom was I think it's probably the uh, I think there's the, the most material in the partial kingdom and uh, and yeah there's just so much good stuff but we, we can't talk about um, I wasn't able to plug it all in so I apologize if that was a not a great um, uh, full section that we uh, not not the best information, right? But hopefully you have a good idea of what's going on. Okay. You guys have any questions? No. Okay. All right, we're almost through. So prophesied kingdom. This is uh, still on page still on page four. The prophesied kingdom—it's the the prophets, right? The minor prophets, the major prophets. Prophets are called by God; they're God's mouthpieces. Um, so God speaks to the prophets; the prophets speak to the people, and they bring a message of judgment and hope. Uh, within this uh, section, um, judgment is coming. Right? They're saying, "You guys are sinful. You guys are—you guys have disobeyed me. Um, you guys have um, sought other gods." Um, and you guys don't um, honor me, right? So God brings judgment, um, and judgment comes, right? But he saves a people, and so, oh, sorry. he saves a people, and it says a remnant will return, right? A remnant. A remnant, remnant is like a, um, um, there's like a few people, a few people left, um, of God's people, Israelites. So mo- much of Israel has fallen, but God's going to save for Him a remnant, right? A remnant—only a remnant of them will return. I will make you a, uh, make you as a light of the nations, that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. So He's going to use this remnant, right, to to bring um, to once again bring His kingdom about. Uh, they prophesy about um, new heavens and new earth. Okay, so new heavens. and he says I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel right so there's going to be a new covenant right because the Mosaic covenant wasn't great they failed the Mosaic covenant so so Christ not Christ uh, God uh, says I'm going to establish a new covenant and we find that that's going to be Christ, there's going to be a new king there's going to be greater blessing there's going to be a new covenant so the Mosaic covenant was um, was um, we could not keep that covenant we've all failed Okay. Um, on page 5 they also prophesy about Isaiah. Prophesies about a a son, right? We we know that this is Christ. For for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Um, there will be no end to his government. There will be no end to his throne, the throne of David. Um, he'll establish it, uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Okay, so so the prophecy is that there's hang on. Okay, there's there's. Just messed up. Everything's messed up. It looked good for a while. Now it's really messed up again. But hang on, there's more coming. And um, and now we come into the New Testament. Where we this is where we live today now we're in the present kingdom uh, if you look at this box <coughs> he, he says this for the New Testament the interpretation of the Old Testament is not literal but Christological that is to say that the coming of Christ transforms all the kingdom terms of the Old Testament into gospel reality and what he's trying what he's saying is that the terms that were used in the Old Testament were now transformed they're now we, we now see them with, different, uh, with a different lens. Um, so, the idea of, of land, the idea of, of um, um, um God's people, right? Um, all these things we begin to realize that, oh, it's more than, I think, Israel. It's more than the land of Canaan. Um, it's more than the physical Israel, right? There's something greater. Um, and we see that it's Christ, right? That he is the true Adam, that he is true Israel. Romans 5.17 is talking about Christ. For if, if, because of one man's trespass, that's Adam, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And so, so, here's Adam. Of Adam, all have fallen. Um, death is coming, judgment is coming. But because of Christ, those who are Christian, those who are believers of the gospel, uh, they can find life. Free gift of righteousness, it says. Free gift of righteousness, reigning in life through the one man Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Romans 4:16. Take a few minutes. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on the grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. Um, this is talking about Abraham's offspring listen to this not only to the adherent of the law he's talking about the Jews but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all so he's saying he's saying uh, uh, he's saying here Paul is saying that all this promise this promise of the kingdom of blessing is not just for the Jews it's also for those who are in faith all of us those are Gentiles right Mm -hmm. Um, and so so now, this new covenant includes a lot more people. It's not just ethnic Israel. It's also us. Okay. Um, let me just talk about one. Uh, John 2 on page 5. Uh, Jesus answered them. He's talking to the Pharisees. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. So now the temple, the tabernacle, he's talking about, is me, right? Whereas before, the temple tabernacle was where Christ dwelled amongst his people. Now Christ is that temple. uh, That he he came in flesh and he is now that tabernacle. uh, That God in his glory is, is able to come down to us. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So now we see that the present kingdom is is, this. It's Christ. New Israel. God's place is Christ again, He is the temple. So then, will um, have the uh, river of life, and uh, whoever comes to Him is filled with the light. Right? So in Christ, we have this rest. Uh, so Christ, He comes, He fulfills the law—the law that we couldn't keep, um, the law we still can't keep. This is why we we uh, we only boast in Christ. Yes, in Christ he fulfills the law for us and it says this is a passage we always use 2 Corinthians 5.21 for our sake he made him to be sin God made Christ to be sin put sin on him who knew no sin he was perfect so that in him in Christ we us believers might become the righteousness of God right and so there's this beautiful uh, transaction that occurs okay uh, okay, so let's skip to the Proclaimed Kingdom. I'm just going to run through this. Take a minute to run through this. Gentile, we're all believers, all in faith. Um, God's place, right, now God dwells in us, right, we have the Holy Spirit, we're, set, um, we're told that the Spirit is in us. First uh, Corinthians 6.19 says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom, whom you have from God. So God's place is now within us, right, the believer, no longer in physical temples and tabernacles. He's now, the Holy Spirit's in us, um, and also in this church. It says, in who, uh, the whole structure being joined together, this is Ephesians 2, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So, so uh, the place is now the believer and church body. That's us right here, and we also have this coming, and we have the Holy Spirit within us. You know, back then, not um, not all the not all people had the Holy Holy Spirit, right? God's Spirit that came and went. Like uh, Saul had it, and then God took it away. And so now, all of us as believers, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, When Christ ascends, He gives us the Holy Spirit. He's going to do. Which does greater things, um, because the Holy Spirit is within all of us. And so I think we fail to see that we have this. We have this power. Um, we have God with us. Okay. And lastly, the perfected kingdom. This is the perfect kingdom that we all long for. All nations. So this is a multinational. All nations, our family. All the people. It's not just. Um, it's not this, it's Jews. It's all Gentiles, Asians, um, um, Caucasians, um, Africans. Everybody from all nations. We're going to all be worshiping Christ together. There's, we're going to be in the new creation. There's going to be a new Jerusalem. There's going to be a new temple. Um, And God's blessing is we have the throne of God. So this is when Christ rules over us perfectly. Perfect blessing. So here we're, we're, this is uh, the New Testament right now, right? The present proclaimed perfect. This is where we're at. Um, We are the church, and we're close to the end, and it's going to be beautiful and good, and this is why we always proclaim Christ, because he transforms all of the Old Testament terms, all of the promises, he fulfills them. And so now we're here, we have the Holy Spirit, and this is what we're looking forward to. This is our hope, right? Our hope is that God is going to rule over us perfectly, perfectly. It's not going to be like, um, um, it's going to be better than Eden, right? It's going to be so much better. Um, and we long for the new creation. We long for um, uh, a renewal of um, the spiritual and also the, the physical, right? And so everything in creation, all the physical, that's going to be renewed too, in the sense that it'll be good. Everything will be good. Our bodies will be good. It'll be perfect. It'll be flawless. Uh, revelations 5 says to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever so we're going to be worshipping God forever for eternity revelations 18 says so um, then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea saying so will Babylon the great city be thrown down with violence and will be found no more right, so Babylon represents the symbolic of the world of 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 um, of sinful men and their pride and and all their um, all just everything that they're that is bad and wrong in the world. It's gonna be no more. It's gonna be perfect. Revelation twenty one. Then I saw a new heaven, a new earth, the whole I saw a holy city, a new Jeru- new Jerusalem coming down out from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning, no crying, no pain, for the former things have passed away. So everything will be perfect. We're going to be under God's rule. We're going to follow his law perfectly. Um, The law was meant to be good. It's, it reflects God's character and perfection and holds all relationships perfect. Um, and we're going to be able to, to do all those uh, things perfectly. Yeah. Um, you guys have any questions? Any thoughts? No. Yeah, I don't know if I should have we should have did it in one go there's, there's so much to talk about <laughs> okay. but in a sense that was a big snapshot of the bible um, well I think what I should have did, done was I should have written out um, kind of the the, uh, the sections of of scripture that it follows through Right. so we essentially went from Genesis all the way to Revelation um, which is the perfect uh, and it's beautiful it's a beautiful story um, there's so much history there's so much um, bad things but also good things uh, and so this is what the gospel is the gospel is that Christ redeems us through Christ Jesus and this is what we're looking forward to so every day, every uh, Sunday every day time we meet up and worship and study the Bible it's to remind us of these things it's to remind us of Christ of the hope that we have in Christ and that's all we have Keep that big picture in mind, and um, it's just very helpful in life. Uh, Not just Bible studies and church things, right? But just having this Christian worldview, um, this worldview of the reality of how things are, um, it just really helps you to understand suffering, pain, um, why we sin. Uh, It helps us to live as Christians that we're in this already but not yet stage of we're already redeemed in one sense, but we're not yet fully glorified. So we're waiting for that glorification, and we long for that. Okay. Okay. Um, let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll head out. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for your gospel. We thank you that you're good to us. Uh, we thank you for your words. Without your words, we would be lost. We would have uh, no idea what's going on. We would be left to our own thoughts, our sinful, fallen thoughts. But God, you give us your word, word of life. You give us Christ. You give us the Holy Spirit that we may see with eyes open eyes and hear with open ears, Father. And we may understand Your truths. So help us, Father, to uh, to see how how sovereign and good You are, and how and, and this big picture, this big uh, understanding of the Bible, um, that we wouldn't be lost in the uh, minute details, um, but God, that we would always um, see. this over overarching theme father of creation of life why we exist why we live what our purpose is so father help us to hope more uh, to to long for you more to long for new creation and glory more um god that that would make us um <laughs> that, that you would make us better people that you would sanctify us that you would grow us in holiness you would grow us um in knowledge of you um God, that we would be transformed from one degree to another and that we may uh, love others more. We may love the world more and that we may spread the gospel, Father. We thank you so much for all these things. We love you. We pray in your son's Amen.